Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. I'm your host, Brady Wilson, and of course, I'm with my co-host, Chase Olschwanger. What's up? And we will be without Zach Babb today. Zach had an emergency meeting that he had to go to. So, you know, Dallas Stars, quick, lost last night in a shootout to Vegas. But, you, you know, you like that you played Vegas well. Obviously, you know, they feel like the roadblock you have to get through yeah. in the West. Um, and, you know, the season's two games in, so I don't think we're, you know, we're just, we're... We'll be talking more about the stars once you know baseball goes out, and then, you know we'll just. So that's your quick stars update from us. Uh, then we got the Mavericks start in one week. So yeah. Chase, anything, anything of note? No, I mean continuing to continue to say there's nothing going on. Preseason's wrapping up. There's exactly a week away from regular season starting uh, today or next week. So. Yeah, so we'll be covering more Mavs then. And we're hoping that at that point it'll also be a Rangers World Series preview episode. I hope so. Um, you know, I had somebody ask me, you know, would we do an emergency if we Rangers won the pennant? I'm like, well, probably not. We because because the way the World Series would work and the schedule, we'd be able to to celebrate w- winning the pennant next week. So there won't be any emergency episode or anything like that. It'll just be next Wednesday. Hopefully, we're talking about how the Rangers took care of business in Arlington against the Astros and not, you know. <clears throat> Blew a 2-0 lead. Hopefully. Ho- hopefully that's what we're talking about. And speaking of those Rangers, we're going to dive right in. And uh, how about them Rangers? <laughs> I mean, you're up 2-0 against Houston. You know, you beat Baltimore. Um, where were we last last time? It was... it was. We have already... We would are, I think we were already one yeah, we were waiting beat on Baltimore. the Twins to play game four. That's right. Yes, we, were, we had beaten Baltimore. So we're, you know, 2-0. I, I was hoping for the split. We got better than the split. Because the split allows you a it, it kills their home field advantage. Because now you come back playing three at home and all you have to do is win two at home to go up three two going back to their place. That's the that that is what every manager will tell you they want starting a seven game on the road. They want the split coming back home, win two at home, and then all you gotta do is split again at their house and you you move on. So but we did more than that. We went up 2-0. The bats got to Framber Valdez. And if anyone saw my tweet and when we put Seeger and Simeon on, I said the way to beat Valdez is to get on him early and to pile on runners. Because usually if he gives up one hit, he's okay. Once you get those two base runners on, those three base runners, from what I've seen from him this season, that's when he crumbles. Yeah. He can't he can't handle. And then he, you know, when, when he made that throwing error, I said, oh, we're about to go off. Because he's in his head. He His stuff's not going to be sharp. And we score four, you know, and then that first inning that Heim, the big insurance run, which what turned out to be the big insurance yeah. run, as, you know, Bregman hits a home run. Oh, we're not worried. Then, you know, another home run. Oh, we're not worried. Then, you know, they are down by two. Then Jordan hits one. And now you're a little bit concerned. And I'm still not concerned about Chapman. And this is probably because I'm a huge role to Chapman fan. I always have been. He was, you know— I was, you know, really a wee young lad when he was throwing 106 for Cincinnati, and seeing that as a, you know, a 10 year old kid, actually more like eight or nine year old kid, you know, and being able to play with him in MLB 2K12, which is a great <laughs> video game, and it's funny they actually put a little thing for him was when he threw the ball, it would make a different sound in the game yeah. for 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 Chapman. So he was always someone I loved because he threw really hard, and you know, as, as a little kid, that's really cool. And so there's that childhood love of this pitcher that, and I, you know, Chapman. So that's probably why I'm not as worried, just because I love having all this Chapman, you know, I, and I'm not concerned because he's pitched in big games. 
And, you know, usually when he's not pitching well, it's because he's being overworked. We saw that in 2016. When he came in on back-to-back nights, I was I was not happy because I thought, why are you pitching? You know, we have, I mean, Stratton can get guys out. You liked Will Smith so much this year. See if he can get somebody out. I mean, why? And then and then with Chapman, it wasn't even that bad of a pitch. I mean, this, no. it was a little bit firm. No, it was a great pitch, actually. I was I, my dad. My dad's not a big fan of him, and he's like he's either amazing or yeah. he's just going to come in and just crumble. And when he hit the home run, he was upset. I was like, "That's a really good pitch." That was on that. That was a dotted slider on the outside corner. Jordan is just Jordan Alvarez. That's that's all it was. He just went out there and got it. And and yeah. and it was a little firm. I'll give it. I'll give the the Chapman haters that it it was a little firm, but it it didn't slide as much as you would have liked it to have. But it was still an effective pitch. It wasn't like he hung it right over the middle of the plate right. or the pitch that he threw to Altuve that led you know them to beat the Yankees. It was a way. That's exactly what you want to a left-handed batter. Jordan just went out there and got it. And you got And that, that's just one of those you, you, you have to tip your cap. It's kind of like when people get mad at a corner when a quarterback throws a perfectly placed ball. And I'm like, well, there's, what do you want him to do with that? Yeah. There's there's nothing. It was you got to just tip your hat and say that was a hell of a play and I'll, I'll go out and make the next one. Yeah. That's that's all you can do, and Jordan is the only guy that scares me right now from their lineup, at least currently. Altuve and all those guys, Chaz, they still kill us, but they haven't yet this series. And I think that Jordan's the only guy, and the comp that me and my dad had, this was 2019. So this was, the other analysts are starting to catch on, but I will take some credit for this. Me and my dad both said he looks like David Ortiz. Yeah, they're saying that now. And now you're you're hearing it, he looks like David Ortiz. I mean, I called my dad, I said, told you. You know, we, me, me and you were were on this back when he was a rookie. You know, he looks like he looks like Ortiz. He's just when the when when the playoffs lights are shining on him, he's he's hitting homers. Yeah, it, it's just you know, and he's like I've always said, he's one of two players, the other being Josh Hamilton, that every time they swing the bat, not make contact. I could probably name about twenty to twenty five players that when they made contact and it was a fly ball of any kind, I thought it's gone. Guys like Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Shohei, but Hamilton. And Jordan, the only two guys, whenever they swing the bat, I just think, uh-oh. Like, it's just, they just have that very imposing swing. They just, you know, they they, they, they hit a dribbling f- foul ball, and I'm thinking, oh, that's gone. Just because th- the way their swing looks, looks it's so pretty. Right. And he, he scares me, and, you know, but if we can keep him in check, you feel pretty good about your chances in that ballgame. Tonight, we got game three, and we got Mad Max on the mound. I'm pumped. I'm excited, and I want to have faith in him because I do. I do trust him. It, but you remember his last start versus him when he was healthy? He got rocked. You remember what happened to Evaldi in his first game back off injury in a long, you know, a long rest? He got rocked. Yeah. By the same team, and that's what scares me because I, I trust, know what he's been, I know how how successful he's been in the playoffs and just in his career in general. Um, but still, I mean, when you're going up against the Astros, they can kill anybody. But it, it it's it's a certain different. It's a different type of scared, you know, that, that makes sense right. when you go up against this team. No, I, I, I definitely agree that you're more scared, but playoff <clears throat> playoff Scherzer is definitely a different animal, you know. Um, and something else that I saw that I thought was really interesting, and I'm trying to find it here, and it was the last time an ALCS game was played in in Texas. It was game six. It was it, here it was it was game six, two thousand eleven, and Max Scherzer was actually pitching in that game for the Detroit Tigers, and I'm trying to find the stat line because I had, it was on a tweet. It was but he 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 pitched like two and a third. We, we rocked him because so we, we won fifteen to five. People forget that the twenty the you know because the twenty ten clinch 
was the strikeout looking on A-Rod. It was so electric. Right. 2011 was just, we just pummeled the Tigers, right. you know, in that game. So it's, it's a really, you know, I love full circle moments and stuff like this. So to me, it's just so cool that the last time an ALCS game was played in Texas, Max Scherzer was pitching against us. The next time an ALCS game is pitched in Texas, Max Scherzer is going to be on the mound for, for the us, Rangers. Right. So <clears> I think it's just a really, really cool full circle moment that I did not think about. I knew he pitched in that series. I knew he pitched in Arlington. I forgot that that was game six. I'm confident. I'm not, I'm not like, it, it's tough to say because, yeah, his last start, but I remember after that start, that was when they started saying he's dealing with a problem. I remember them saying, I don't know if it was. Oh, the, after that Houston game? Yeah, it was after that Houston game. They said, well, you know, his stuff wasn't as sharp. That was true because it was, a, you know, the, I think the Abreu Grand Slam. You was, were at that game, right? Yes, I was. <laughs> well, not, to bring it, not to remind you. <laughs> yes, I was at both the Evaldi and Scherzer games. Yeah. Um, hopefully tonight, as I am going tonight, hopefully okay. it's a different outcome because <laughs> I don't want to have to sit through. And you know it would just it would it would really suck. I don't think it's going to be that outcome. And, and and in fact, I know it's not because Scherzer is again back then he was dealing with the shoulder issue and his stuff wasn't as sharp. I remember it was Bochi was saying, well, you know, his slider wasn't as sharp and this and that. And he's dealing with I think it was the like the the triceps was was what they called it at that time. And then it was because I remember it was I think the next start was Toronto. And they were like, well, remember last time, you know, he was dealing with an issue and now he's being pulled out of the game. So is it really this big, you know, big problem? Turns out it was. And, you know, it, I'm confident in Scherzer because I've seen this man against Houston in 2019. I think I've brought this up on the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again. 2019, he was, he was supposed to pitch game five, either game five or game six. And he could not get a bed. He had a neck injury that was so, like his wife had to dress him had to, like, she had to do everything for him because he couldn't move his arms. He couldn't do anything. Then game seven, goes out there and throws, I think, six innings, two runs. Like, he was Scherzer. He wasn't maybe eight innings, complete game, you know, nine innings shutout, Scherzer. But he was still Scherzer. So I've seen him in the playoffs turn it up. And I think that, you know, and at that point, and, you know, um, oh, well, oh, what's his face? One of the Astro writers, Michael Schwab, was like, Hopefully, you know, the last time, sure, we faced Scherzer, we we lit him up. This is gonna happen again. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and I and I had to retweet because one of our Rangers guys was like, nobody tell him that Scherzer is this in the playoffs or something like that. And he said, and nobody tell him that we rocked him his last time out. And then I retweeted, and nobody tell him that at that point in the season we had no Josh Young, Evan Carter wasn't up yet, Scherzer was dealing with the you know the issue that he eventually had to go on the same injured with, list same for. Same with Evaldi. Yep. Okay. Same with Evaldi. He was coming off of, you know, an injury and hadn't pitched in like two months, almost two months. We were in our worst slump of the year. We're all, we're also now on a seven-game win streak in the playoffs. So this is not the same team you guys kicked kick the crap out of a month ago. If these two games in Houston didn't tell you that, I don't know what will. I have to question your ability to judge a baseball team if you think this is the, exact, the same team that you faced a month ago because it's not. It really isn't. We are We are playing with a lot of moxie right now. And I think with Scherzer, you know, the reason I'm confident is after we won the ALDS. They were in the clubhouse, they interviewed him, and they said, you know, were you pining the team for, you know, and he's like, oh, man, I was just telling him, just, you know, just get me a chance, get me a chance to get back and play. And that, to me, and you, and you look in either one of his eyes, which are different colored, of course, <laughs> which, is, which is fun, you know, it, they had that cool graphic, and right. it was Scherzer's day, and he's staring down there. Yeah. It, it looked really cool. Mad Max returning. Yeah, but... If that doesn't tell you that this guy is about to do something tonight, I don't know what will. I mean, that that that's a man that's motivated. 
This is he's won a ring, but it's the old Tom Brady adage. Yeah. What, what's your favorite ring? The next one. Yes, he he's won one, so that that's great for his legacy. But you don't think he wants to win another one, right? You know, you don't. This is why he waived his no his his option for next year. This is why he's this is why he he waived his no trade clause. This is why he decided to opt that that's he decided to opt back in for next season, because he really felt, and I'm sure CY had a conversation with him or his agent. Look, and and, and he talked about him, and the guy that I think helped clinch this whole thing was Degrom. He texted him, was like, hey, you know, hey Jake, you know, is is, is this a place where I want to go? And DeGrom was like, bro, you you know, you need to get down here. Like, there, there's something special happening here. And so I think DeGrom helped sell him a little bit on the vision that CY sold DeGrom on. Right. And, you know, Scherzer decides to come down. You, you know, this is why he, he he came here. He wants to be here. He could have chosen to say, nah, I'm going to stay in because he liked New York. He liked his family was there. He said, I like New York. I, I want to retire. Like he even said, I want to retire here. I could have sworn at some point he said that. So for him to want to waive his 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 no trade clause and to opt in for another season to play for us, that signals to me that he, yeah you said he really wants to be here and he wants to you know bring a championship. It's something that you know my dad helped me realize when I asked him why we when when a couple years ago when we signed our new hitting coaches Hires and Donnie Ecker, and I'm like well these guys had the same position with the you know their thing Hires with the Red Sox why would they want to come here where we suck. <laughs> And he's and my dad goes well because every man wants to be able to say I helped build that right I I was a part of it you know it's, it's you heard Seeger say I I won you know I won one with the Dodgers now was the first one that they had won in a little while right. since '88 and so to see that city I wanted to bring that to Texas and I think it was the same thing for Degrom same thing for Bruce Bochy the same thing for Mike Maddox the same thing for Max Scherzer in that man I really want to come here and say. I was a part of this team winning its first championship because Scherzer's already experienced that with the Nationals. The Expos or the Nationals, neither of them, if you want to consider them the same franchise, neither of them won a championship. And so that was the first time that that franchise had ever won a championship. And Scherzer can say, I was a part of that. I helped them win game game seven. You know, I mean, that's that's huge to to be able to say that. So... I'm confident in his ability tonight. You know, we, we're, we're going to have a full lineup because there's no, you know, the only lefty the Astros have with their entire roster pitched last night. So Carter will be in the lineup for the entire day. Um, I'm confident because we've, we, we we just beat their two best pitchers. We just beat Verlander and, and Valdez. So now you're going to have to probably face Javier and Urquidy. Both are solid pitchers. Javier can strike everybody out when he is on. But... They, you know, they've done a really good job of game planning the the lineup. And, I mean, they, they got to Verlander. And, you know, thank you, Jordan Montgomery, you, you freaking stud. Listen, I, 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 I got to say it at least once in this, in, this, in this show. I was at game one in yeah. Houston. Yes. It was a very, very interesting environment, I'll tell you that, because it was very weird being around the, be, the be, opposing side. Being the away team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it—, it Hopefully it's not like that tonight. That's the one thing that I remember from those two games in September was— I'd be shocked if I was, it was the same. I was with, you know, Seth that was on our draft show, right. and, and he just said, man, it feels like an away game. But we're in Arlington. Like, it feels like I'm in an away game with all the Houston fans. And so I'm hoping that the Rangers—that's one reason why I wanted to go. And again, if I had the money and I didn't have school, I'd be going to all three games. Because to me, that's taking away a seat from an Astros fan. You know, that, that's—I'm that's, that's, <laughs> that's, putting a Rangers a fan, me, it. in a seat— and I'm going to be loud. 
And I'm hoping that there's not as many Astros fans. There, 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 there's oh, there's going, of course there's going to be. There's going to be. I'm hoping it's 60-40. I'll tell you this. There was a lot of Ranger fans at in Houston. I'm sure there were. There were. There it's was a good amount. It's not an awful drive if you live in the Metroplex. It's what, a four-hour, five-hour yeah, drive? I mean, me and my dad left early in the morning around like 9 a.m. So it took us four, good four hours. About four. Yeah, about four, four or five hours depending on traffic. Yeah. So it's it's not, obviously from Denton, it's a little bit worse. <laughs> it's yeah, about it's a six, seven-hour drive, I think. So, But I think that... No, it's about a five. About a five? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm confident in our team's ability to win. Do I think we're going to sweep... I wouldn't bet on it because it's the Astros. Of course, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that that one game we lose is not tonight. That would really suck. I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be any game. I hope you're right. I, I honestly think that the, the game we would probably lose would be tomorrow, and it'd be because, you know, we don't have one of our big guys going to, you know, tomorrow. It'd be because he needs we got We kind of we got lucky. He turned in his probably his best performance of the season in game one of the LDS. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't a deep six, seven inning performance, he was still really, really good. And then Dunning to come in, and I think that, you know, you'd probably see that that's probably when the Astros would get us. Probably. I'm saying, we could sweep. I would love a sweep. It's definitely, obviously, it's still possible. And I'm not saying that we we, we can't do it. We're playing. We, we look like, you know, I've seen a lot of October baseball, and, of course, not as much as I'm going to see, hopefully, in my lifetime, from just from any team. And this looks, every year there's one team. Every year there's one team that just looks like that team of destiny. That, that that's not one of the top two or three teams. That looks like the Rangers. So there's a, there's a couple teams right now, and well, because, Rangers and of course the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, the Phillies, but the, see, the, to me, the Phillies were, were arguably the second best team in the playoffs, right behind the Braves. So it's hard to say they were the underdog. This this kind of felt like more their completing of their story. For us, we are that we're, we're the fifth seed. We, we we won. I mean, the Phillies won ninety games, but the Phillies, I think there was a yeah. a sense of okay, they can beat anybody. The Rangers. Nobody picked us to win the wild card series. I remember everybody picking the Rays. Everybody was picking the Phillies to beat the Marlins. So it's hard to say we were that they were an underdog when everyone was picking them to go. And some of the and, and I would say it was probably sixty forty Braves winning that series. Yeah. So there was still a lot of analysts saying the Phillies could win that. I so I, I don't. It's hard to say. And even then, now the Phillies. Everyone picked the Phillies over the D-backs. I bet you nobody picked the Rangers over the Astros. Very few people picked the Rangers over the Astros. And so I think that, you know, and there's some people on Astros Twitter that are trying to cry the underdog mentality for them. And you cannot cry underdog mentality. We are still the underdog. When you've won a World Series and you won it the previous season. You you can't cry underdog. That doesn't, it doesn't work like that. No, we're still the underdog. We're confident going 2-0. We went in your house and punched you in the mouth and now you're on the ground. Our job is to now step on your throat and finish the step. We didn't right. do that to the Cardinals. We we haven't done that in our history. You know, we, we Rangers have a very long history of not com- completing the crushing of the other team's throat. And so right now you have the uh, the, the ability to do that, and you know start the start that to go, to go up three zero, which would be crippling because it's only ever happened one time in the history of baseball, and it was the year I was born, two thousand four. When Red Sox came back three, and I think it was one of the greatest moments of broadcasting I've ever seen. Jeter, you know, they were on the Fox yeah. broadcast, and Jeter, was awesome. kind of, Jeter looked at A Rod and said, "You know, we hey, we we were up three zero in a series, and we lost." And Poppy kind of sits back and goes, "You did, yeah, <laughs> you know." And you know, I'm, I'm surprised Jeter didn't go, "Yeah, you were the you were the guy that killed us in yeah. that series." I mean, Poppy <laughs> won what he 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 walked it off. I think twice in Boston that sent it back to New York. So <laughs> Ortiz was. 
you know, I think the LCS MVP in that series. So, I mean, you know, obviously it's kind of funny for him to be the one that says, you did? Really? Yeah. Remind me of that, Derek, please. <laughs> but it's happened. And, you know, in, 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 and even in that series, Game 3 in Boston, New York, killed them at Fenway. They beat them 19-8 to was the score mm. of that game in Game 3. So... So even you because know, if that happened today, everyone would be saying, "Oh, there's you know, if you got beat close, you could respond." But how do you respond from that? And that off that, the Red Sox won four straight. So don't even if you you know blow out the Astros tonight, don't count them out no. because every game's a new game, and you have to think that way in baseball. And we're learning that lesson in football, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I'm I'm very confident in the Rangers' ability to win this series. Obviously, up two zero, but I'm not counting on it still because I don't want to get ahead of myself no. and you know in talking more about those Astros fans how so how bad were they to you in Houston not bad at all actually not bad it was okay. funny uh that's good we were you know we weren't sitting you know it, I will say this about uh the two ballparks I, I like globe life a little more because I was always asked by my friends like now that you've been to both like what, what what's your favorite I think globe life is a much better ballpark right and it's uh it, it I, I'm bringing this point up because we weren't sitting you know too high up but it's not it's not a big stadium right so we were we were up high, but the people that were up there were all very genuine. They're all asking me like you know some questions about our team. There was one lady who was like, "Who? What? What position does Corey Seager play?" She saw the jersey I had on. She's like, "I was like, no, he's like shortstop." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I like him. I'm gonna take a picture of him." But, you know, they were they were nice. They were nice people. Um, and I know that's not everybody. They you know they are the equivalent to uh, Eagles fans, I would say. At least to us Rangers fans, least, so, yeah. if you're a Cowboys fan. But I think that for for Astros fans, there there's a hatred from some. I don't hate. I don't hate them all the time. I hate the ones that are that you kind of have to hate. Not the Zach Babb Astro fans. No, the ones that are chill <laughs> and are like, oh, I don't like the Rangers, and you don't like us, but we can still be friends because we're, you know, Texans have an ability to go, I don't like you, but we're still Texans, so we unite over that. Right. But there were some, I remember they, this, I saw a TikTok, and a guy did a video, and he was, you know, so can, you're going to Astros fans. Can y'all say one nice thing about Rangers fans? Well, they have nice, you, you know, a lot of them, well, I can't right, say I nothing nice. Yeah. And I'm like, I could say something nice. I mean, I like a lot of the Astros players, especially from their history. I mean, guys like Nolan Ryan, you know, they were, that 86 team was really fun to watch. Um, they had guys like Billy Hatcher. They had Mike Scuffball Scott because he, <laughs> he you know, used to scuff the ball on his split finger. Uh, that, 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 helped them win the, that helped them win that year. Obviously, they lost the Mets. But, you know, I think that, you know, Astros fans, and we were talking about this before we started, you know, Astros fans try are trying to take a superior road, you know, the high road of well, well, you guys have always been the little brother. We've always been the big brother that beats you up. And I'm like, well, so I did a little digging. I'm like, what, you know, I I I have my preconceived notion of what the history looks right. like, but let me go actually look it up and see if I'm wrong. Up until 2017, so before 2017, the Astros had been to the playoffs ten times, and the World Series once. We had been to the playoffs eight times. And the World Series twice. So they can't really cry history pre-2017 because, yes, they had two more playoff appearances, but we had more pennants. So to me, that somewhat—and they were around a decade before we came to Texas because I do not count the Senators when discussing the Rangers. That's not the Texas Rangers. That's the Washington Senators. That's a, that's a, that's a different team. Maybe the same players and franchise, but it's not the same team, if that makes sense. It's a different team, new, new identity. Right. So they were around 10 years before us, only have two more playoff appearances, and don't have more pennants, actually have less, up until 2017. 
They have been the superior team for a total of what? Seven years? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Six years. If you want to count this regular season. And I don't, I don't want to count this season just because if, we, if we're able to finish this off, they cannot say it anymore. Yeah. You, you had your six-year run. Now it's time for us to have our run. And I think that Astros fans are forgetting that they were not very good in most, for most of their history, much like us. You know, you had your high moments, and they had their high moments before we did. Made the NLCS in 80, 81, and 86. We didn't make our first playoff until 96. So that that is true, and they made the World Series first. They made it in 05, we made it 10 and 11. But if you take, and if you take it, but we made the playoffs in 15 and 16, so up until 17, we we kind of were pretty even in our history. right? And so I think that is what's angering me the most, is that they're acting like they're, then they've always been the superior franchise. No, you've been the superior franchise for six seasons, six years. The previous six seasons, it's you're in the what have you done for me lately mentality, which is a mentality that can sometimes work in sports, but to me it doesn't always work because I look at the at, at, at the record books. And they were in the National League before. Yeah. So we weren't really big-time rivals. We've only been rivals for 10 years. And that's probably why they have the mentality because in, in the course of that rivalry – they have dominated us yeah. for the most part. The only exceptions being 13, 14, 15, and 16, where we were, where we were winning, and they were not. I mean, they, they, they made the playoffs in 15, but we were better than them. We beat them, you know, we, we, we won the division twice. Right. They didn't win it. We were the superior team. And, then, and, and, and since then, they've been the superior team. So that's probably why they have the superiority complex. That, that was the word I'm looking for. And, and it's like, well, franchise-wise, not really. Last last few years, last several years, yes, and so and maybe, well, re, and start, starting from what we started talking about about the fans, like maybe that's why you know a lot of them are new into Astro baseball, so they joined you know the not really the bandwagon, but just the just started following the team weren't maybe well, yeah. in 2017, so they and, don't really have that history of knowing, you know, right. what were we before this? I dare say it, potential dynasty. Um, right. So you know, right? I mean. Yeah, I, I, that's a great point that, you know, Houston, my dad likes to joke with me all the time that Rangers fans didn't know, hey, they didn't know we had a baseball team to 2010. And some didn't know to, you know, 1996. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know we had a baseball team. Oh, wait, the Rangers? Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. You know, it, it, something like that. And I think that it's the same thing with those Rangers fans. We haven't been able to talk crap. We, we haven't been able to talk talk trash. <laughs> I almost slipped there. We haven't been able to talk uh, uh, talk trash since 2016. So we, so we, it's been a while. We, we had to take a back seat and let the Astros have their run and talk all their trash. Now it's time for us to be able to, we can talk back now. You know, yes, the regular season, you guys beat us pretty good. But we were both really injured. When we beat them, they were injured. When they beat us, we were injured. So we really didn't see a full this. series with full strength, everybody healthy. And even then, DeGrom never pitched against the Astros. Zero times this year. They never faced a grunt. So you never faced our best pitcher. We faced yours. In fact, yours, you didn't get until the trade deadline. So hard for you to say, and Evaldi shoved when he wasn't hurt or coming back from an injury. So w- when it comes to Astros fans, I think they have that complex. And I think it's easy for them because and a lot of it, I think, has to do with their inferiority complex about the Metroplex. Because Houston likes to think, but we're the big city in Texas. It's not Dallas and Fort Worth. Like, no, 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 no. It's Houston. 
And they're really more like the armpit of Texas. When DFW is kind of the glory, the the glitz and glamour, the one that has TV shows about it, the <laughs> one that, ha- I mean, you know, I'm going a little old school there, the one that everyone thinks when they think Texas, they think DFW. They think Dallas, Fort Worth. They don't think, and Arlington can be right, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's in the middle of those two. Right. They don't think Houston. Houston's the armpit of Texas. Houston is humid. It's hot. It feels like crap. I'd ride, I'd ride, and I'd rather go to Galveston. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think, and then they like to poke fun at us and call us South Oklahoma, which is fine. They can, they can whatever, you know, that, that's good. Good. You, ha- you, ha- you, have, you, you have a clap back. That's good for you. You know, Houston, I think it has something to do with that. They don't like Dallas and Fort Worth. They think we're all a bunch of whatevers, and we don't like them because we think, you know, again, they live in the armpit. So I think that there's some jealousy there, and I think that there's some, you know, I mean, look, the Rangers have a weird fan base, and I hate saying this, but Josh Hamilton was right when he said this is not a baseball town, and I'm sure what he really meant was what I'm about to say. This is a straight football town because it's a football state. Okay, the Houston Oilers were right up there with the Cowboys in terms of belovedness, right? Not national recognition, because we we obviously are the kings of that. But the Oilers were up there with fan interest and and the love that it had from its city. Then they moved. And I think the Texans have never really been able to recapture, because the Oilers had some great players. Earl Campbell, Warren Moon, they had some great offenses there, especially in the late 80s, yeah. early 90s. Then they moved. And so I think that it's the Texans have had a difficult time recapturing that magic the Oilers had. And so a lot of those fans became Cowboys fans. But this is a football state. It is not a baseball state or a basketball state or a hockey state. This is a football state. And then when it comes to DFW teams, this is always how it's been and how I've perceived it from being a fan, at least, you know, through the 2010s. It's, okay, the Cowboys will always be the Cowboys, the big team. When the Mavericks, Stars, and Rangers are good, the interest goes up. But when the but when they're bad, most people you you know that's when the diehards are showing up and not really the casual fans, and I don't think that's bandwagoning. To me, that 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 that's it's valid. Someone like me, right? Let me use me as an example. I'm gonna go to Ranger games regardless. Me and my dad, we sat out there in in in, in Arlington when it was hot and 100 degrees and watched our team. So that's that's what we're gonna do. We you know we always. When we lost 100, 100, what, 101 games, 102 games just two years ago, I think I went to eight or nine games that year, which is a normal amount. I didn't go less. I didn't really go more because it's still my team. Right. Win or lose, I'm going to be going to my games. I'm going to be watching every day. That's just that's just how I was raised. It's 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 how I operate towards my teams. But I know that not everyone is like that, especially towards baseball, especially towards the Rangers. And so it's not that this isn't a baseball town. It's not a baseball town like St. Louis or L.A. for the Dodgers specifically or the you know the New York for the Yankees or Mets or for Boston or Chicago for not only the White Sox but for the Cubs especially this isn't like one of those great american like you know the Reds have a great baseball town you know um i've heard people say that they actually are more popular than the Bengals in Cincinnati yeah. which is really interesting it's kind of a kind of a thing i don't really understand cuz well, it brings it, you back to your point that the Bengals have not been good until good. a few years ago and the Reds have a really really good history right. obviously but we we're not one of those classic American baseball towns. No, DFW sports. When you're when you're hot, you're drawing. When you're not, you're. And I pulled up something from Baseball Reference, and it's our attendance. Our top, our top three attendance years are 2012, so the year off the World Series, 13, the year off of that, and then 2011, the greatest season in Rangers history. 
And then below that is 97, the year off our first playoff appearance, 98, and then 96 playoff appearances. 01 is a weird anomaly. And then 99, and and then two more down, 16, then a couple more down is this year. So you see, and if you go year by year, you see spikes. Right. The year we win, the year after we win, there's a big spike. And then if we, we're not very good, then you see it go down. So you see DFW sports fans. We show out, and we're a very passionate fan base when we're good. There's a lot of good Rangers fans out there. The Rangers have a great fan base. Yeah. It's just that, first of all, we really went, not a lot of people wanted to go out there at the old ballpark. I mean, it was, again, the most beautiful ballpark beautiful. I've, I've ever laid eyes on. But... Not everyone is going to want to go sit in 110 degree heat and watch a team lose 90 games. I mean, we didn't do that too much in the 2010s, but especially before that in the 2000s and in the 90s, we were really good. But then, then you're going to Arlington Stadium before '94, and that was a crappy stadium and crappy weather. So of course we didn't draw much, right? I mean, unless unless Nolan Ryan was pitching, <laughs> right? Of course you're not going to draw much because it's hot. It's a crappy ballpark, and no one really wants to go. The only one, the only ones that are going are the diehard fans or the casual fan who goes to one a year. Right. And I think it was just even the same thing with, with what I'm calling the temple, you know, the uh, uh, the, uh, the second ballpark, you know, ballpark in Arlington. A lot of people wanted to go to see the ballpark where they'd go to night games, you know, day games. It was pretty pretty scarce. Yeah. Especially in, in July because a, you know, a lot of Sunday games were afternoon games, so no one really wants to go to that. Plus, people are at church, so they don't want to <laughs> go to church and then go to the Ranger game. So I think that that was a problem the Rangers have had. And it doesn't mean we have a bad fan base, but it's just that the Astros fan base has been louder because, like you've said, they've been good the past six years. So everyone's becoming a fan. If you pulled all of Texas right now, I guarantee you Astros would probably be leading. I think there was a chart that Fox did based off of just, you know, I think there was the uh, hashtags and Twitter and all that. It was there were more Astros fans in Texas and Louisiana than everywhere else was the Rangers. I think, though, if you go back... 12, 13 years ago when the Rangers were really, really good from 10 to 2016 and that span when we were really, really good except for 13 and 14 where we didn't have our greatest seasons. I guarantee you Texas was a, a Rangers state. Yeah. I guarantee you. That's just kind of how Texas is. So I know people that are both. I know a lot of people that are, I'm a fan of the team that is winning. So they've been Astros fans. Now they're starting to turn back to Rangers fans. I don't really understand that, but yeah, but that's <laughs> to me that'd be like I'm a Texas A&M fan and a Texas fan, which everyone's winning. To me, that's just it's, that's not, like gonna that. it's just not going to work. Yeah. So, but there are people that do that. So, I'm confident the Rangers tonight. Hopefully, we can pull out another win, go up 3-0, and step on the throat tomorrow or Friday. And I do not want to go. Your goal for the Rangers should be we're not going back to Houston. Right. If yeah. you can not go back to Houston. If the next game you play in Houston is in 2024, you have done your job. So, anything else you'd like to add before no. we move to football? No, I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, just the well, Christian Javier? You think? Uh, I think. I mean, do you think when he's hot, he's hot, man. Yeah. He he can he gets a lot of strikeouts, but when he's kind of like he's kind of like Framber, when he's not hot, and you and you, and you can get to him, and he's got nasty stuff. So <laughs> no, I'm, he does. I'm, I'm, if I can remember just from his season, I, I'm pretty sure his stats were very inflated. But if you look at his last probably eight to ten starts, he was, you know, the most runs he allowed in the game was three. Um, right. But he's I think his stats are, you know, four or five ERA with a 1.2 to 1.3 whip. So right. you, you look at that and you're like, oh, okay. But, you know, you really do a deep dive into his into his season and into his last, you know, ten or whatever starts. And you see, well, this guy could be a very dangerous pitcher. Right. So if Rangers go in and do their job, 
Um, you know, it, it sounds cliche. It always sounds cliche. I mean, but if the Rangers bats can get going and they hit well, I don't see, I don't, I don't, I don't see how we, you know, struggle. I'm curious if it's going to be the same game plan that they had against um, Verlander and Framber. Was it Framber or Framber? Whichever one. But against Valdez, <laughs> where it's get on him early. Let's let's not you know let, let let's not worry. Let, 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 let let's get on him early, and we'll worry about that. I mean, I mean, Javier. I'm trying to find where he was against the Rangers this year, because um, I want to say. I'm not seeing. I would love to to see where he is um, against the Rangers, and I think I saw something, and it was he wasn't very good against the Rangers, which would be really you know nice. Um, here we go. He made he made one start against Texas this year. Really, made one start. It was uh, July third. He went four and a third, gave up eight runs, eight earned. <sighs> that was the game where we killed him. Wait, no, that was the game. wasn't Wasn't that the game where they beat us? Um, oh, was it when we came back twelve? Yeah, he, he's standing for we, eight. We we came back, and then yeah, that was the game where we came back on him, and then we lost. So right, we've seen this offense excel. Was that game okay? We we've we've seen this team. Who, who pitched for us that game? I don't remember. No, come on, why? What you? I just clicked I, I, off I, it, of it. Oh, I gotta. You gotta know. You know. Well, hold on, hold on, everybody. We're we're taking a second, but uh, that game, I remember that game. It was uh, it was not a lot of fun to watch because we, well, you know, uh, Martin Perez okay. went one and a third, six yeah. runs, and then Glenn Otto came in and just got shelled. Uh, okay, and then your favorite player, Will Smith, was the one that blew <laughs> the save. But hey, the I, 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 didn't ha- I didn't have that type of feeling towards Will Smith at that time. Javier was four and a third, nine hits, eight runs, all of them. All of them earned, I believe, four strikeouts, no walks. So he's a guy that does struggle with some control, but he gets a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. So I'm confident we can beat him. And then from Scherzer, they've kind of said that maybe it's going to be a 70-pitch pitch count, but that if he's feeling good and he's cruising, maybe they let him go past that. I wouldn't expect 105 pitches from him. No. I'd probably say 90 is the next cap. Maybe they let him go past that. You know, Bochy's definitely a, uh, this is where that old-schoolness from Bochy comes out. And if he's dealing, hey, I'm gonna leave. I, you know, if he, if Scherzer's dealing, I'm gonna leave my guy in. You know, so, um, I, I, I like. Yeah, hopefully, we don't pull a, you know, a classic, uh, Schneider move in the Blue Jays when uh, Jose uh, Barrios no, is, uh, no, you know, that, dealing. And we don't have the front office going to tell the manager <laughs> to do that. So, and Bo, if if Chris Young tried to do that at any point, which he would never do that, but let's say that John Daniels was still here or someone else was still here, and tried to do that, Bochy would tell him to get the bleep out of my office, yeah. and I'm gonna manage my team. Um, speaking of John Daniels, real quick, before we move on, he deserves some credit. And I'm going to keep saying it until the season's over. He deserves credit. Yeah. Heim, okay, let's, let's look at, I mean, he pretty much acquired the entire lineup while he was here. Chris Young was here for some of these, but these are all guys acquired while John Daniels was still working for the Rangers, regardless of Chris Young. Jonah Heim, Nathaniel Lowe, Marcus Simeon, Corey Sager, Josh Young, Evan Carter, Leody Tavares, and Adolis Garcia. Your entire lineup. And I and I think the only one that wasn't was Garver. I think that was all Chris Young. Yeah. I think at that, no, whoa, whoa, no. John Young was still here because he was fired at the end of last, it was the mid last year. Towards the back end, or we, we acquired Garver mm. before last season. So I stand corrected. The entire lineup, John Daniels helped acquire or acquired by himself. Guys like Josh Young and Leody, Chris Young wasn't here when those guys were acquired. But you look at the, you look at the pitching. Pitching, Dane, Dane Dunning was acquired um, under 
under John Daniels. And if you want to count Perez, <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm more just talking like you know, Evaldi, Scherzer, Degrom, right? Um, no, Evaldi, Scherzer, Degrom, obviously, you know, n- none of them were uh, acquired at that point. I'm looking at the pitching staff. Dane Dunning was, John Gray was, Will Smith was not, Brock Burke was, Jose Leclerc was, Josh Spores was, Hernandez, Cody Bradford. I think Grant Anderson was acquired. He was acquired under. I'm looking at the 2023 team, just the slot here. I wonder what the status is on John Gray. Reagan's was. He's probably gonna. He could be the first guy out of the bullpen tonight. Yeah. Um, Glenn Otto. I mean, they're, they're he's not the team anymore. But there was a lot of these guys that were acquired under John Daniels. So he he deserves his due credit for helping build this baseball team. And I think I could argue he deserves a ring if we win. If. Knock on. He does. I mean, he helped build it. I mean, I and I don't know. He probably is not going to get one, but I think no. he deserves one right. because he helped build this team. And he, Rangers fans don't like him because he clashed with Nolan Ryan, and Nolan Ryan can walk on water, as it you know, in the eyes of Rangers fans. So he deserves his credit. Now I'm going to move on to football. Go All Rangers! Right, so everyone's go Rangers. Everyone, be loud there tonight. Um, you know, it, it's going to be exciting. I know so, you brought up earlier going back to you saying 60-40 is what you want to see. I, I I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be more 70-30, 80-20. We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I, I know, I, 64 I, is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> so now we got football. Week six, me and Chase both tied 11-4 and four this week. Uh, Commanders and Falcons, we both got burned on. Picked the Falcons. Commanders uh, got that one. I got burned on the Vikings-Bears game. I picked the Bears. He picked the Vikings. Vikings won that one. Uh, we both got burned on the Niners-Browns. Both got burned on Eagles-Jets. And then he got burned on Saints-Texans. I picked the Texans. He picked the Saints. So uh, about that Niners game, and I think this is a point that football fans are starting to realize. And this year, it's this is a weird year. There is more parity, I think, this season than any other season in, in the history of the NFL, at least when it comes to teams and, and talent. If, 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 it, if this last week doesn't prove that to any fans, I don't know what will. Because everyone thought after the last, you know, the previous week on oh, the Niners and Eagles are juggernauts. Who's going to beat them? Maybe they'll they'll have to beat each other. You know, I mean yeah. that'll be that, that that'll be their loss. And then now they're now there's zero undefeated teams through week six. Usually you don't get that through week six. No. Usually it's through about week eight or nine. You get your first. You know that's when the, the last undefeated team loses. There's just a lot of parity, or not a lot of parity. There there there's it's hard. These teams are just so talented, and there's not a lot of teams that are just super bad. And looking down this list, Broncos, maybe Commanders, but even the Commanders. The Commanders, Commanders beat the Falcons. Carolina, I mean. Carolina, maybe. Uh, the Patriots, it's about it. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of just awful teams, you know. And so I think that that is what's very interesting about this, is about this season. It's making us really hard to pick games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead to next week, uh, actually, oh no, I'm I'm wrong. Cowboys. Hey, we're back in the win column, folks. Cowboys win it. Yeah, we got a little clap here. We played like a football team again. Hey, they must have listened to this. They must have listened to last week's episode. I think they did. I think they did. And and heard my rant, got pissed off. Say that kid up there in Denton. We got to prove him wrong. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm happy they did because they looked better. Still sloppy. They're still, as Tom Downey over there at uh, the Cowboys Report for Chat Sports on YouTube, great channel, um, as they, yes, I'm plugging another channel here, <laughs> but as he likes to say, you know, it, we're the penalty boys. We can't, uh, you know, we, we just, it was a it was an awful game from that. It was, it was sloppy from both sides. It was a sloppy, sloppy football game. 
and it was not a lot of fun to watch. Like if this had, if it hadn't been my team, I would have turned it off at some point. Just because I mean I wouldn't turn it off, but I would have been doing some other things. I would have grabbed a book. I would have done something because it was just it was sloppy. It was just a bad football game, and it was just we we have more talent, so we won. And we we have we played a little bit better than they did, and the defense played better. Um, I think you definitely need to go get another corner at the, de- at the trade for, deadline for sure. Um, you know, and and looking at that list. There's I haven't really looked at too many guys that could be available. Obviously, the the big one that I would love is Patrick Sertan from the Broncos. Right, and I told you that's going to cost you know a couple body parts. That's going to cost a lot. So, you know, I I am not sure. Oh, look at this. Okay, so I'm looking at yeah, some, Devontae some Adams. I'll take him too. Big names from the trade deadline. Um, I wouldn't mind Hunter Renfro. That'd be interesting. Um. I'm looking at some of some some of these big names. I was hoping to see corner. No, I'm not going to see corner. So let me. I'm going to go look at teams that are rebuilding, and I'm going to look at their corners and see is there anybody that we could really go snag. Obviously, Pat Sertan would be the dream scenario, but that's going to cost you a first round pick, most likely. And I don't really want to give up a first round pick for somebody like that. So, looking at other teams, let's let's go to the Broncos. Who else is on the Broncos? You could go after, okay, well, look at their roster. I'm not going to look at that. Uh, nope. Nobody else. Nope. I mean, not really any other yeah. big names that I'm liking there. Chicago I mean, Bears, Jalen Johnson? I, I've heard Jalen Johnson is, as a name, and I would be a huge fan of that. I would love that. I'm going to New England because we know Bill likes to trade. You know, but they don't have any healthy corners. That's the problem. They have no healthy corners and none that are young enough where you're like, I want to deal him. Or, or none that are veteran enough where you're like, Let, let's let's trade him away. Um, let's look at the Panthers. Panthers could be dealing some guys. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, here's one. I know his, his numbers don't look very good. I've always been a fan of Dante Jackson. I he, have too. He wouldn't. He's fast. He wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. He'd probably cost you a, maybe a fifth-round pick, something like that. I'd be a huge fan of trading for Dante Jackson. Um, I've always liked his, his his game over there in Carolina. I'm not saying he's he's an, an immediate complete upgrade, but he gives you some depth. So you know another guy in there that would be pretty good. But I think you could use another corner. Bland reminds me a lot of a young Trevon Diggs or a young J.C. Jackson. He's a ball hawk. He just needs to learn some more with that refinement, and I think he'll be good to go. Um, so I think next year is going to be his like breakout year. Um, he, I think I think you were kind of hoping that Gilmore can be your bridge guy for maybe a year. Maybe you bring Gilmore back. I'm okay with that. Obviously, he had the game ceiling interception. But maybe he's your bridge year for Bland to step into that number two role next year. And now you have two kind of young ball hawking corners. You know, and we're hoping that Diz comes back fully healthy. Yeah. So right now, you probably could use some reinforcements on your defense. And your offense, you feel pretty good about it. It's just a matter of getting them to play better. McCarthy had a lot better game. That first drive was awful. And I they need to fix something in the run game. I don't know if it's a scheme issue, blocking, blocking scheme. Something is wrong because they can't run the ball. And they should. With this group, you should have no problems running the ball. Yeah. And you're having problems. So that's a that's a problem. For at least, you know, I, I think that you're going to have to figure out how to fix. Is the defense is just maybe forcing Dak to beat them or... You know, really stacking the box when you know Pollard's in the backfield. Yeah, so I mean, it, 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 it could be. 
we, we I I wasn't able to watch the film uh, before today's episode to see what the big issue was, but for right now, the you got to clean that up. Uh, Dak looked really good. Dak had a great game. Um, there were a lot of drops that were pissing me off. That you know looks bad on Dak's you know score sheet, but if you watch the game, you know that Gallup dropped several catchable footballs. There were some other drops. I really felt like it was a good game from your offense. You you know you scored twenty points. You got out of there with a win. You got You got you have a bye week. Get some guys healthy. Figure some stuff out. I think it's the Rams, in Rams and then Philly, I believe, in week eight. So now, uh, wrap this show up here. We're gonna do our predictions. So week seven, no Cowboys on this list. So uh, Jaguars at Saints. I I think I'm gonna go the Jags. I'm gonna go with the the Saints. I'm okay. I, I'm always you know I've been supporting them you know the for the year when it comes to our predictions. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep rolling with yeah, it. We'll see. Trevor Lawrence status is questionable too. Uh, Browns at Colts and uh, quick note on the coach, your guy Anthony Richardson, he's out for the season. I know you're probably sad about that. I am very upset. I think I think the NFL fans are sad. I mean, it's it's tough to see a guy with so much talent and yeah. so much youth just go out so early. Yeah, I'm picking Browns at Colts. I'm picking Browns. I'm picking Browns. All right, you're picking Browns. So I'm gonna write that down. Bills at Patriots. Bills. I don't even have to. <laughs> I think you, I think you can put uh, what I want. Bills. Yeah. yeah okay. No, I'm gonna, I want the pass. I'm gonna go for the underdog. <laughs> No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> Commanders at Giants. Give me the Giants in this game. I know that's a, a, a kind of an out there pick, but give me the Giants. I think I think they could win this game at home. Sure. Give me the Commanders. All right. Uh, Lions at Ravens. Give me the Lions. Give me Dan Campbell. Gonna yeah, bite. See, that's that's a good, that's gonna be a good one. They're gonna bite them kneecaps off. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Lions. I'm Lions. Gonna, All right. Could see could see for the first time this year Jameer Gibbs like actual use. Yeah, we'll and see. see his talent. With no Montgomery. Raiders at Bears. Ooh, this is a kind of a, a suck bowl here. <laughs> this this is not not many get not, you know, this isn't gonna be a team that I'm game that I'm rearing to re- before we make a prediction, just got a notification saying Jimmy Garoppolo will not practice today due to his back injury. All right. So well, on that, that note, give me the Bears. <laughs> um I'll take the Raiders. I'll take the Raiders. Take the Raiders. The Raiders. By the way, you've picked uh, five straight away teams on here. Uh, uh, Falcons at Buccaneers. Give me, g- g- give me Baker at home. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers here too. All right. Steelers at Rams. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. I know they don't have Kyron Williams, but I still think they'll be able to win that game. The, Zach Evans is gonna get the lead role. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals at Seahawks. Ooh, I want to go Cardinals. I really do, but give me the Seahawks. Kyler Murray back from the pup list. Buda Baker back from IR. Yeah, but the new Call of Duty. And I'm still going soon. Seahawks. Yeah, but the Call of Duty new new one isn't coming out soon. So I mean, Kyler. <laughs> you know, I mean, he might he he probably know who he's playing. Yeah. Uh, Packers at uh, not Browns Broncos. That's what this is. I have bad handwriting. Give me Packers. Uh, yeah, give me the pack. Uh, I like Jordan Love. I do. I don't. I don't like the Aaron Rodgers Packers. This Packers team is fine. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Chargers at Chiefs. After seeing that game, give me the Chiefs. But I mean, Chargers could put up a fight. Yeah, and they always they always typically do, you know, with the, Chiefs the, with the AFC West matchup. I mean, it, it's I mean, the Chiefs it's, look bad against the Broncos, so it's possible. I'm going to take the Chiefs though. Yeah, it's it's hard to bet against them. Uh Dolphins at Eagles. This is going to be a this is the Sunday night football like I'm watching. It's a tough one. Whoever you take, I'll go with the opposite. Because okay, well, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> I, I want you to go with who you really think is going to win, not not with that. Yeah. I I I think I am going to go, you know, I'm going to let you say who you're going with first this time. I'm gonna put you on the spot, make you pick. Man, 
you're giving me the pressure. It, it's tough because you're looking at a team that the Dolphins have an explosive offense, but the Eagles have a stifling defense. So, right. I mean, you right. look at the. So which which one is going to prevail? You know, it, and and so I I'm I know who I'm going to pick. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. That's who I'm going with. I'm going to go with the Dolphins because you look at the one thing that the Eagles have been struggling with this year. And that is that secondary. I know they have good names, but I believe they are ranked like 28th or 29th when it comes to secondary cup, like just pass defense. So here is here is why and that's what that team likes to do. Here is why I'm going with the Dolphins. Coaching. Okay, I don't like Nick Sirianni, but I think he's a good coach. I don't like him, but yeah, exactly. I think, I think he's a good coach, but I think that Mike McDaniel is going to run circles around whoever the Eagles' defensive coordinator is now. I don't remember who it is. They obviously you know, Gannon left. Yeah, it's a it's a new guy. Yeah. I think he's going to run circles around him. And then I think whoever the new OC is for the Eagles, whoever their offensive guy is, they're gonna have problems because the Dolphins, while they don't have the greatest talent on defense of all time, they got one of the best DCs in all football. They got Vic Fangio and yeah. that, that Fangio 3-4. Very tough to beat. So I'm going with the Dolphins based on the coordinator matchup, not really a player matchup. Um Niners at Vikings, give me the give me the Niners. I'm gonna go with the Niners. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we agreed on almost. There was a few. There was a few. I think we ag- no. I think we agreed on all of them. Really? Nope. Not the Raiders. We didn't agree on the Raiders. We didn't agree on Giants Commanders. So we'll. And have there was a, another one. So nope. There's two. So there's two that me and you have a chance to to die on. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, hey, you shouldn't change your pick just trying to differ from me. No, it wasn't. It was just when it comes to the Eagles and Dolphins, it's just like. It, you really don't know what you're going to get. You could get a right. shootout. You could get a... You know what? Oh, we'll do this. If they lose <laughs> because of the secondary, we'll say that you got a, a, a point, like a quarter of a win there, and if they win because the coordinators, <laughs> they're different, slightly different reasons. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Rangers game three tonight. Again, we'll be there. Uh, my favorite all-time Ranger, Ian Kinsler, will be throwing out the first pitch. So I'll be screaming for Ian Kinsler. I, I you know, just cry. I cried the night he was traded. I cried. It was I, I loved Ian Kinsler, man. Yeah. And then uh, my current favorite player, Jose the Clark. Hopefully, we're seeing him close out the game tonight. Um, we didn't talk about him. I think we should have. So real quick about Leclerc, close out every single game. He's got his confidence back. He's even said, "I got my confidence right." And I'm pumping 98, 99. Yeah. He he looks like your you know your your closer going into opening day next year yeah. if it if it holds. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We will see you back next week where we will be able to talk about the conclusion of this Rangers-Astros series. Because it'll, it'll be over, right? It'll be over at that point. And so we are hoping... No matter ho- what happens. We are hoping, because it's because it's 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 um Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then we're done. Right. So we are hoping that we are coming in here on a victory Wednesday and we're popping bottles and we're excited about the Rangers and the World Series and whoever we're facing, probably going to be the Phillies. <laughs> if, that's probably win the National League. We didn't really talk about that series. Uh, there's not it's much it, to say. It's I mean, been domination. Uh, here, here's my write up on the Philly series. The Phillies are killing the Diamondbacks. They killed both their best pitchers, and now they got Brendan Fott going. Yeah. Have fun. You're you're dead. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe the Diamondbacks can pull out and make it a series, but I don't see it happening too much. Yeah. I mean, so the Phillies are hot. This is kind of it feels like their year. Hopefully, hopefully we're the team that beats them. But I'm not getting ahead of myself. Right. Let's go win game three tonight. Let's worry about ourselves. And then we'll step on the throats tomorrow night in game four. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.